everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. We probably haven't played half the games we're about to talk about. I'm optimistic. I feel like it's going to be great. <laughs> we're going to find out. Uh, also with us, we have uh, indie games editor Campbell Gill. Can't wait to finally settle for once and for all that Balan Wonderworld was the best game of the year. Oh, man. Good Listen, God. out of the three of us, <laughs> out of the three of us, I alone bear that burden um all right friends so listeners fans everybody it is game of the year time it's that special time of year where we all discuss and rate and rank all the games that we played over this uh long ass year of video games <laughs> um so even though a ton of stuff got delayed a ton of stuff got pushed to the following year we still played a lot of games and the Everybody over at Goomba Stomp, we voted on our our games of the year. Uh, editor in chief Ricky D ranked them. Uh, the votes are in. We're just gonna power through this list. Uh, I think it's worth noting. I have not looked at this until right now. I'm just now opening up these lists, so I do not know the final rankings. I know the, I know what the number one spot is, but everything else, everything from from number thirty to number number two, I know none of those games. Uh, I don't know what they are, so we're going to be kind of discovering this in real time as we as we uh, talk through this. So what about you, gentlemen? Have you have you looked at this at all? I have indeed. I had to. <laughs> okay, so because you guys contributed to this. Okay, great. Yes. So okay, I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, I guess this is good because I will be the one being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so surprised by this," and you guys are going to be like, "Ah, here's how we here's how we came to this decision." So I think that's going to be good. Um, all right. Well, so I guess we'll just start with uh, with number thirty. This is a thirty game list. Uh, the it is broken up into two parts over on Goomastomp.com. So starting with number 30, a game that all three of us played, Cyber Shadow. So uh, Published by Yacht Club Games, the 2D Ninja Gaiden-inspired action-adventure. Incredible game, I think we can all agree. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are, are a fan of the show, you know that we interviewed Celia Schilling, the marketing uh, manager over at Yacht Club Games, who, who just gave us a great bit of insight into the development and the uh, creation of this game, which was a great interview. And I think having all three of us having played it, I think we can we can all agree that it just really did live up to the Yacht Club uh, mantle. Incredibly, incredibly great game. Um, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? It's been it's been almost a year since this game came out. How, how, how are we feeling about it now? I'm just so happy about it. Especially, I'm so glad to see it on this list, too, because it sure. certainly succumbed to the whole released in January syndrome, where it was mm -hmm. a great game at the start of the year, but then since then we had Metroid Dread and Resident Evil and all these other heavy hitters that have just kind of obscured it in retrospect. But it's sure. definitely a game that deserves to get the spotlight, because it's such an exemplary um, representation of what a linear retro action focused game can be you know we have so many roguelikes these days so many metroidvanias it's so delightful to have a really focused straightforward linear adventure game like this it's really difficult but it's designed with such precision that even though i died hundreds and hundreds of times in my playthrough <laughs> it was so satisfying because i knew it was just because i wasn't good enough i didn't get good enough to beat that boss or yeah. get through that level so it's a really satisfying experience that if you're a fan of these retro games you absolutely should play it this totally game probably you, almost Mark? nearly didn't make the cut. Oh yeah, no, it's at number thirty. Like, yeah, I don't know. 30. I didn't know. I forgot that it came out this year. I thought it came <laughs> out in twenty twenty. Honestly, I thought it was like one of the the last things we reviewed last year. So when I when I was looking back at our, our halfway through the year list for our best games at the time or the best games so far, um, when I saw it on there, I was like, oh, I have to put Cyber Shadow on there. It's great. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I made sure that it was higher on my ranking when I was making my votes just to ensure that it would at least squeeze in there at number 30. So it's great to see it here. Awesome. A well-deserved spot um, on this on this list. Uh, all right, moving right along. Oh, great. This is uh, Mark. I know you'll be happy with this. Number 29, Famicom Detective Club. Yes. Uh, so are we both of them. Yeah. Both of them. I was going to say, so we're considering both uh, both entries as one game. I guess because they, yes. were, they were released at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, chat about that for a second. I still haven't played these. I mean, for you sure. should. They're fantastic. They're... I mean, every game on this list is going to be good. But um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Famicom Detective Club is just so interesting to see how it's evolved over time and how they sure. kept the same mechanics for the game. There's some like wonky stuff about it that just like the UI could be a bit better. But considering it was literally just like an updated classic with. Um, with new art and voice acting and stuff like that it's just it's really well done i mean it's a classic nintendo narrative story and i wish they did more of them yeah same here and let's talk about that art too because the way they revamped these games for hd visuals was just stunning you know there were so many visual novels out on switch but i don't know many examples that can match the level of like animation and clarity and precision are presented through the way like each character moves you know their mouths move with the dialogue they 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 come alive and it just those little bits of drama adds so much tension to the story and you know mark and i tag teamed both these games i reviewed the girl who stands behind which is just this incredible story of mystery and like paranormal activity and murder and it's such a dark story that's really surprising to come from Nintendo, especially considering these games were released back, you know, decades ago as well. So it's a really fascinating piece of Nintendo history, and the pathos of the story just holds up today, absolutely. If you enjoy games like, say, Ace Attorney, you know, it has that kind of level of getting to the root of a mystery gameplay loop, as well as those just mysterious elements. It's just such such a great package i'm so glad that nintendo kind of resurrected these games because previously they were limited to japan this is the first time they've come to the west so really great to see nintendo putting care and thought into its heritage with these games i I think i think this game earns its spot on the list for the sheer fact of what it represents exactly nintendo going back to one of their oldest franchises uh from the original nintendo and and repackaging it for a modern audience and like that alone is extremely cool and as mark just said i, I hope they continue to do more of that so mm-hmm. i think that's a, a a worthy addition uh to to this list absolutely um i as we were talking i went on the eShop and added it to my uh my wish list so hopefully it'll go on sale soon <laughs> and i will and i will buy it hopefully, um, all hopefully. right oh this next one is one that you played campbell um or, or or maybe both of you. I can't remember. Uh, Olia. Olia. Yep, that was me. Olia. Olia. I have not played it yet. No, I haven't gotten around to this one. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about this one? This is, this is a Devolver published game, right? It is indeed, and this is yes. probably the one that I was most surprised to see make it onto this list because I voted mm. for it halfway through the year in our first round of best games list, um, and voted for it again for our final round. I was surprised to see it come this high because, like Cyber Shadow, it also released in uh, January and got overshadowed by a lot of other games. But it's such a solid kind of a metroidvania kind of a straightforward action game i'd say the best way to describe it is it's a primarily linear action game with a lot of exploration elements in it so it's side scrolling you go from point a to b but there are a lot of branching paths that intertwine as you get towards your end destination the thing that really made it stick out to me and that made me want to vote for it both times around was how well it nails its sense of atmosphere it's a story of 
a king of a kingdom that's really fallen in hard times. He sets out on a journey get, um, on the on the seas, gets in the storm, ends up crash landing in this abandoned, mysterious, dangerous, savage island um and the whole world is just so grim so mysterious there's no spoken dialogue every character speaks in this weird gibberish language and it's just so unsettling throughout it with a lot of really stark imagery that comes to life with these incredibly detailed pixelated cutscenes and fluid animations as well like the game is gorgeous it's a pixel art game but the animations are so detailed so fluid and the action all along with it is what really holds it together. As you're exploring, there's a mechanic where you have a harpoon that you can throw, and wherever the harpoon lands, you can zip to it. And that mechanic is used both for combat and for exploration. So it's a way it melds all those elements together, this really evocative story, this, this tense combat, and this world that's so, on the one hand, straightforward, yet packed with secrets and ways to interact with your environments it's really just a, a really great experience especially whether you're a fan of linear games or metroidvanias or just games with great senses of atmosphere it's a really memorable adventure love it uh once again i added this to my wish list as we were talking Excellent. Worth noting, to so far these first three games are all available on the switch uh which is you know <laughs> I'd love, love to hear that. It's about to um, change. <laughs> it's about to change. So we're moving on to The Medium. Uh, this was a... Is this an Xbox-only game? I forget. Maybe it was just on Game Pass or something. Um, I believe it's on PlayStation now. But it was awesome. Xbox so, exclusive for a while. Well, there you go. Um, so this is... I don't know much about this game, to be honest. I remember seeing trailers for it some time ago. I believe there was like a... Kind of like a, uh, a swapping back and forth between dimensions mechanic. Something like that. Kind of like a horror game. Um... Sounds good. Uh, I I love a spooky game every now and then, although not during the holiday times. I would prefer to play that in the fall. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll check this out when it when it comes around. Um, so yeah, the medium number twenty seven. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about this game? Have you have you seen any trailers or played it at all? Completely forgot it existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the right. only thing I know about it is that for a while it was like the only major Xbox Series X exclusive. Yes. And that's everything I know about it. So, I mean, if it got this high on the list, it must be pretty good. So, How bad could it be? Yeah. Good for that. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, excellent. All right. So moving on. Number 26, Little Nightmares 2. So I never played the original Little Nightmares, but I know it was a, a pretty well-received uh, spooky game. What is the deal with Little Nightmares 2? Did any of you guys touch this one? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So we're, we're 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 two for two right is now this, on games is this we have on played. Switch. Like I don't I don't. I even think know. it is. Uh, I think it is. Let's look. I right know that here. the first game was a big deal when it came to Switch because it was like pretty graphically intense for the platform. So yeah, I remember hearing that as well. Yes, Little Nightmare Two is in fact on Switch. Um, a pretty a pretty well received game from what I understand. I know the people who like the first game uh, really really enjoyed this one. Uh, not much more to say about it. None of us have played it, but apparently it's it's very, very good. And I think it's a prequel. Yes, it is. Um, so maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, not necess necessarily have to have played the original game to dive into this uh, sequel slash prequel. So Little Nightmares 2. It's number number uh, 26 there. Uh, Toem, number 25. I loved this game. I voted for this game. Truly fantastic. Um 
I liked this game better than New Pokemon Snap, and I'm sure Pokemon Snap will show up later on this list. I personally preferred Toem for my photography adventure games. Uh, you guys remember this one being showcased on some indie direct or other over the summertime, right? But of course, oh, yeah, of course. How can I have I... it on my uh, wish list. Yeah. And oh, how, good. Yes. And, and how can I forget those serene Swedish men wandering through the forest in that yes. video when it was first announced for Switch? So incredible announcement video, very memorable. Just Scandinavians wandering through the woods announcing their game, and uh, this game, truthfully, very calming Scandinavian vibes. Like just utterly loved it. Incredible art style, really chill, relaxing, beautiful music. Um, I I almost did everything in this game. Not usually okay. A little behind the scenes. Uh, normally, I don't know how you guys review games, but when we have to review a game, I try to blast through it, just the story, as, as much as I can. I'll try to do as much side content as I can, as much as I feel is reasonable, but a lot of the times we're under deadline. We gotta we gotta like get through these games quickly. Toem, mm -hmm. I found myself compelled to do almost everything in this game just because I thought it was so fun and it was not very taxing. It's a pretty short game, maybe, I don't know, four hours. I think I might have beat it in three Probably four or five hours tops if you're going like full completionist. Absolutely, utterly loved it. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, I, I turned uh, Marty onto it. <laughs> Marty, uh, guest of the podcast, uh, he's been on a couple times, and he he messaged me like, "Wow, this game's incredible." I was like, "I know, like everyone should play it." Uh, so if, if you have the time, highly recommend Toem. It's on Switch. It rules. Uh, all right, moving on. Oh, okay, great. We were just talking about this. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Intergrade, in, in, Interrograde, Intergrade, something like that. <laughs> so this was a kind of a little bit of a DLC content for the Final Fantasy VII remake that came out a couple years back. Included uh, a fan favorite character, uh, Yuffie Kisaragi. Uh, love her. And it added a, an upgrade for PS5 uner, uh, users that added a ton of great features to the to the base Final, VII, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake game. Have not played this uh, DLC just yet. I would love to. I gotta beat the base game first, or at least get far enough so that the the this extra episode makes sense. Um, uh, have either of you gentlemen messed around with this? Um, I've played the base Final Fantasy VII Remake, but not the Yuffie DLC, because I got right. Final Fantasy VII Remake for free on PS Plus, and of course, mm -hmm. Square Enix, being the generous corporation they are, did not make that available for a PS5 upgrade. So I'm not even eligible to buy the thing. Uh, um, for those of you listening, uh, I think it is going to be on sale soon because mm, the yep. uh, Sony announced that... I We'll see if this actually pans out. But they did announce that PS5 uh, users who redeemed Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS Plus earlier this year will have access to the PS5 upgrade. Uh, so we're going to see how this all shakes out. The point is... This uh, this this interrograde um, thing sounds very very good, and if you're a fan of Yuffie, she's a great character, and uh, you know we we want to see more of her. So if you want something to, to tide you over until uh, the next episode of Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out, can't go can't look much further than than this uh, this DLC. Uh, moving on, number twenty three. Ooh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. I have not played this game, but I desperately want to. I am a diehard fan of Shin Megami Tensei 3, which had a HD uh, version come out for the Switch and uh, other platforms this summer to kind of get people hyped for Shin Megami Tensei 5. Every time I see a trailer or a gameplay demo of this game, I get very excited. It looks incredible. The character designs are fantastic. The story is brutal and unforgiving. 
Uh, apparently, it is one of those very, very, very tough, very exacting RPGs, but is very satisfying um, if you are able to play it well. So I don't know. Maybe maybe in a few months we can we can try to tackle this together. That might be fun uh, to to give this game a you know let it breathe for a couple months and then come back to it and see see it, see what you guys think about it. None of you guys have played this, right? Nope. nope. But after Persona no. Five, it's on the list. It's got to be, yeah. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're, like... Did you play Persona 5 on, on uh, medium or hard? Or, like, normal or hard? Oh, that's a great question. I don't even know. Oh, okay. I think I played question. it on medium. I th- nice. I'm pretty um, sure I did. So, the point... But you were, like, pretty good at that game, right? You platinumed it. Yeah, I platinumed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... If you're if you're if you're if you understand the combat of Persona 5 Royal, you will you understand the combat of this game. Uh, it's a little more it's like slightly harder than the Persona series, but the the base mechanics, the raw paper scissors uh, sort of style where you're trying to gain advantage over your opponent by exploiting weaknesses, it's all here. So like if you're good at that game, you'll be good at this game, and and it probably won't give you as much trouble as people uh, bitch about it online. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, but as yeah, long I can't as wait it got to... Jack Frost. We're good. <laughs> oh, it's got Jack Frost, absolutely. Uh, oh, good, so yeah, can't, can't wait to can't wait to try it out for myself. Uh, let's move on around here. Oh, oh, No More Heroes three, number twenty two. No mm-hmm. More Heroes three. I loved this game. Um, I okay. Well, Campbell, where did we leave off with your No More Heroes journey? Oh, all we left off on was I was around halfway, or I think only a quarter of the way through the first game, got and it. I made it like halfway through, and then I got distracted to a, by a bunch of other things. So. Unfortunately, it's been a while since I've dug into No More Heroes. Right. Um, okay, fair enough. So, No More Heroes 3, if you if you at all enjoyed No More Heroes 1, or obviously it's sequel No More Heroes 2, or even the spinoff game Travis Strikes Again that came out uh, last year, or maybe the year before, it's who, what is time, uh, No More <laughs> Heroes 3 is the most No More Heroes game of them all. It is over the top, it is very in your face, it's anime as hell. Character designs fantastic. Combat very refined. It like it's 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 really it's a good game. Um, I would say technically it has some issues on the Switch, but that being said, it's it's not it's nothing you can't overcome with a little bit of patience. Um, I very much enjoyed this game, and I can't wait to see what Suda comes up with next because he <laughs> there are some some narrative choices that are made in this game that I cannot wait to see how they how they are paid off in future installments if any. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the style of Suda 51 then you got to check out No More Heroes 3. It's it's extremely good. Um Lou, the next one is when we talked a little bit about last week, number 21 on our list, Loop Hero. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I was I was thinking about this. I did a bad job of describing what this game is. <laughs> um but I, I encourage anybody listening to this this podcast right now to to read. I wrote I wrote up some stuff for it on Goombastomp.com, and there's lots of other coverage of this game because it kind it kind of became a an indie darling this year. I would say it came out on Steam and then it, it released recently on the Switch, so it's having kind of a second resurgence, and it's it's really really good, very addictive, extremely unique. Almost impossible to, uh, as I discovered last week, almost impossible to describe succinctly and interestingly. But rest assured, it is weirdly addictive if you can if you can understand the mechanics. Half the fun <laughs> is kind of understanding how to actually play this game. And once you kind of get what it's doing, it becomes extremely addictive. So I, I would encourage everybody to, to check it out. 
if there's a demo on Steam, maybe maybe look at that uh, before you commit to a full purchase. But it's it's really really good. Highly recommend. And um, I will add, yeah. Cameron, as well. Even if last week you may not have been satisfied with your description of the game, you sold me on it. And yesterday mm. we got that game was actually available for free on the Epic Game Store yesterday, as of this time of recording. And I downloaded it, um, and I've been playing a few hours of it, like literally right before recording. I oh. played a few hours of Loop Hero, and I totally see what you're saying. Like I now it's starting to click into place about the just the bizarre kind of gameplay loop that this is like i can't really think of any easy comparison to just describe what it is but there's such an addictive quality to how you're not really playing the game per se you're just planning things out and you're kind of experimenting to be like oh what happens if i put this mountain here or put this vampire house there and what happens if you know you you line all these blocks up it's already super addictive and i'm loving the vibe i'm loving the mystery of it and i'm so intrigued to see what more i uncover because i know i'm only scratching the surface of it at this point but it's already super addictive Oh, I'm I'm so glad that you have been playing it, Campbell. Excellent. And uh, I'm also <laughs> glad that you uh, were intrigued enough by my utter failure to describe this game to to check it out for yourself. So I'm 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 so glad that I'm glad you. I look forward to hearing uh, what, what your thoughts on it as as you as it goes further. Um, I downloaded it too, Cameron. Except awesome. I have a million tabs open on my computer right now for work, and I'm scared my uh, MacBook might end up on Mars if I open the game. <laughs> But, so, uh, but I'll Mark, get to it in the future. Mark, may I ask you this? Have you considered closing those tabs? <laughs> uh, I've been there. <laughs> All right, let's keep on moving here. Uh, number 20, Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, a fighting game. Have you guys ever played any Guilty Gear games? I have, actually, yeah. Man, these games are crazy. They're um, so cool, yeah. <laughs> unbelievably beautiful looking. Incredible mm-hmm. art style. Like, they... they Man, if you have never watched uh, Guilty Gear in action, I encourage all of you to pause this podcast, open up YouTube, find any clip of any two mm-hmm. characters fighting each other, and just marvel at it, because it looks unbelievable. Uh, completely different from from things like Street Fighter or Tekken or other popular fighters. It's just over the top. These characters, the character designs are just jaw-droppingly gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really difficult and very techy fighting game, which is part of the reasons I was never able to get into it as a series. I simply do not have the time to get good at these games, uh, nor do I have anyone to play them with. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's always hard to, to get into these games. Uh, I'm more of a Super Smash kind of guy, <laughs> if you oh, haven't, yeah. been able, yeah, haven't been able yeah. to tell. Um, I haven't played this game myself, but I, I respect that it's on here. Um, if you yeah. want more, uh, you know, more information about Guilty Gear Strive, you can check out Shane's uh, coverage over it on Goombastop.com. Exactly. Um, and I'll say that I have played this game. Oh, I am right. absolutely horrible at it. I'm bad at all traditional fighting games. But it's the kind of thing where it doesn't really matter whether you're good at it or not. The game is gorgeous nonetheless. And just seeing these characters in action, ogling at the spectacle of it all. The fact that every single battle opens with this over-the-top narration about how this battle isn't just two people fighting. It exemplifies the conflict between heaven and hell, good or evil, who will win. Like This is oh, this just really hammy narration before each one of them. It's just so delightful to see how much personality is packed into every single moment even if you suck at it you've like like myself it's still just delightful to play through it so if you appreciate awesome. art definitely check it up this game has a <laughs> yeah. mechanical dolphin right it does it has a mechanical dolphin it has game of the year. yeah a goth punk <laughs> rock star character as well there's just so many so many cool characters in here yeah 
And 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 worth noting, uh, this game is not available on the Switch, but you can get the mm-hmm. original Guilty Gear and I think one of its sequels on on the Switch. Um, so if you're interested in like like the style of this game, you can you can do worse than checking out the first game for sure. Um, and who knows? Maybe it'll maybe it'll. Uh, I was gonna say maybe it'll be available to stream on the Switch. <laughs> that would be a disaster. Oh, that sounds absolutely Ooh. horrifying. Why well, would you even make that image available? On I'm mind? so sorry. Please. I apologize. Um, let's keep it moving here. Oh, Mark, this one's for you. Number nineteen, uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. It's actually pronounced uh, Kina. Kina. I apologize to the developers of Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Mark, why don't you talk about this game? Yeah, so Kina, it's PlayStation 5 and 4 exclusive, but um, if you don't know, it's made by Ember Labs, which was the studio behind the Majora's Mask fan film Terrible Fate, which is absolutely fantastic, and you should check it out. Um, It feels, honestly, like you're playing a PS2 game, except, like a PS2 adventure game, except it's so refined and just visually gorgeous, and the storytelling and cinematic direction is just incredible, just the whole way through. It literally, if you watch Ember Labs commercials and their fan films and just all their animations, it's literally, it like just culminates into everything they've ever done. And it's just, it's perfect. I, I don't really wanna talk about the story because you really, if you play it, you gotta see it yourself. It's really just surprising the whole way through. It's constantly shocking and doing cool things. And the more you get into it, the more you might be able to guess what's going on. But it's just, it's a great ride the whole way through. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's worth noting, uh, this game was developed by an animation studio, um, which is extremely interesting. Yeah, very (laughs) kind of odd, exactly. Um, But uh, the result is undeniably beautiful. Um, If you've seen any, any, uh, footage of this game in action. It really does look like uh, it looks like Disney quality animation. It looks incredible. It does. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that one. I might. Oh boy, I don't know who has the time to play all these games, guys. Uh, it's pretty short. It's only like um, 10, 15 hours. I oh. Think. Yeah. See, that's speaking my language right there. Um, yeah, it's on my list for sure. I, I I'm looking forward to getting into that one of these days. Um, Oh, so the next one we have, uh, a game that we've talked extensively about on this podcast, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, we, we covered this game a lot when the demo dropped last uh, spring, and then again when the game uh, finally came out. And uh, I think it's safe to say this is one of the, one of the more, well, how would we even describe it? One of the better Monster Hunter games to, to come out recently. Um, I know it's found an incredibly wide audience, by virtue of it being on the Switch. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people who are new to Monster Hunter have discovered the series thanks to this version of the game. And uh, people seem to really, really like it. And it, they keep dropping uh, new content for it constantly. It's been very supported throughout this entire year. Um, people seem to really love this game. Uh, personally, this series is not really for me. Uh, I, I, I respect it. I appreciate what it's doing. Uh, it really is one of those games that you have to spend the time kind of understanding the mechanics and really getting to know your weapons and your build and how every single item interacts with other ones and, and all that kind of stuff. And on top of, you know, if you want to play this game uh, the most efficiently, you're going to want to uh, partner with uh, with people. And uh, I just, again, don't really have a group um, <laughs> to play this game with. But... Uh, Apparently it's great, and I, I respect it. Uh, did you guys play any more of this since we played the demo? No, no, <laughs> no, no. You know, I for, did for, review for... Uh, 
Which one was it? Monster Hunter Stories 2. Stories, Which was fine. Yes. That, was a, that yeah. was a good game. Had its problems, right. but uh, it was a good game. And conspicuously, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is not on this list. So Hell. Yes. I, uh, I'll make a statement. I did not vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll keep it moving here. Um, if you want to uh, read more coverage about uh, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I think it's worth worth mentioning that we've, we've had Matt... Um, on the, on the podcast many times uh, his coverage of the game is, is really really good so make sure you check that out on the on the website um all right number 17 cranking on through here oh marvel's guardians of the galaxy yes so that good. was an incredible game we've all been playing it uh in various uh forms over the over the last couple of months great writing great characterization um not hard to great believe. on switch not great on Switch, unfortunately. We, we play did, it on uh, any other platform. Play it on any other platform, mm-hmm. unless you, I don't know, hate have, yourself. Unless you hate yourself. No, unless you have like that magical fiber internet or something. Uh, but even then, it's 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 a rough rough to stream on the Switch. But yeah, we've all been playing it on on our PlayStations, and it is a, a truly uh, remarkable game. I think we were all kind of surprised by how how solid it ended up being, uh, just based on the coverage over E3 times. We were kind of like, ah, this game doesn't look amazing. And then uh, it was good, <laughs> after all. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, uh, incredible writing. And, and and the character, hard to believe that a game could, uh, could match or even exceed the MCU films of Guardians. But this game, I think, does so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It really does. Yes. Yeah. Very good in the writing department. Yeah. The yeah. characters really, they just come alive with every bit of dialogue. And there's so much dialogue in this game, too. I think just the sheer quantity <laughs> that you have in it deserves to be celebrated because these characters have so much time to really live and breathe. And you get to know them on a deeper level throughout this, you know, I guess 20, 30 hour game than you would in a two hour movie. So it's really admirable how they could flesh out the characters this way. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, and and Mark, you've written like five or six articles about this yes. at this point over on <laughs> over on Goobastop. So anybody listening, it's please really check out good. those. And I've written I've written at least one, and I, I plan to write one more uh, regarding a certain character and a certain thing that happens later in the game. Uh, <laughs> if you've beaten the game, you know what I'm talking about. But we'll we'll get to that another time. Um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, incredible game. Uh, do not sleep on it. I think it was extremely good. Uh, this next one, oh yeah, we talked a lot about this last week, and we're going to talk about it more right now. Number 16, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Uh, Mark, take it away. <laughs> this was my number one, and Guardians yeah. was my number, um, I think, three or two. Wow. Yeah, this one, I, I thought this one was going to rank way higher, but I'm still glad it's here. Yeah, Chicory, I, you know A Colorful what, Tale man? is just fantastic. I, I think it, it's just one of those things where I think not a lot of people uh, employed by Goomba Stomp have actually gotten around to it. I think that's all it is. Yeah, and it didn't help that it was only available at first on PS5, and it was just, you know. Now that it has a wider release, I'm sure if it came out, like, last month on Switch, I feel like it would have been in the maybe top 15, top 10. I mean, it's at number 16, but, (laughs) you know, I think it would have still been higher on the list. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. I think... um, I think, again, I I haven't even gotten around to this game yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, it's one of those. It's again. It's on the stack of games I'm gonna try to get to over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna love it when I get to it. But as it stands, it's just one of those ones where it's like, yes, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm. I see that it's there. I heard it's great. I simply haven't played it yet, which I, I think it's that's kind of the place it's 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 been uh, been at at least for me. When you um, do play it, you have to send me your drawings. We have to, we have can't to wait. See Absolutely. How we compare. 100. 100. It's gonna happen. 
All right, great. So with Chicory, A Colorful Tale, that brings us through number 16 of Goombastomp's 30 Best Games of 2021 list. We're going to take a quick break, come back with the following 15 games, including, obviously, the game of the year. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. back with the uh, 15 remaining uh, best games of the year as according to Um Not a ton of Nintendo games on here, but there are a few, so we will do our best to, uh, to focus on those ones and we'll give the other ones a fair shake too. Why not? Uh, of course, number 15. Oh, that's actually, here we go. Number 15. This is a Switch game. Death's Door. I loved this game. Um, kind of a isometric action game top down it, it very much looks like an old school zelda game very reminiscent of uh the Link's awakening remake that was out on switch recently you play a little crow you have a sword and magical powers and you're battling enemies you're you're engaging in these really over the top boss fights very very satisfying mechanically to play and really beautiful, beautiful art direction. Um, this is another one of those ones which I think was showcased during a Devolver showcase or an Indie World showcase or something that really stuck out. And then when it finally came out, I think it totally delivered. Um, if you guys haven't played this one yet, you absolutely should. It's uh, it's it's great. If you like this kind of game, it is definitely one of the best in uh, of its type, I think. Um, it is literally you, in my eShop uh, wish list. Wish so. list. Oh, good. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes, I think we're all in that in that place right now. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for it to come um, to go on sale for Switch because I have it on Steam and I've been enjoying it on Steam. But uh, I would love to. I would 100% replay it on Switch. Like no, 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 no looking back. <laughs> like uh, I think it's it's worth double dipping. It's extremely good. Um, and yeah, just the, the perfect game for for the Switch, I think. Like, I, I, oh, man, I just want to play this handheld. Um, uh, moving on is a game that I have not played, nor will I ever play, Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this conversation so many times. Have we? We're just I, not into these traditional racing games. I just don't, I, I just don't care. Um, mm-hmm. yep. It looks insane. I think we can all agree. The, the the visual fidelity of this game is unbelievable. If you're if you're playing this game on an Xbox Series X or a a modern up to date PC, like you're gonna have a great time. Uh, I have neither of those things, and as a result, <laughs> I'm just it's just not on my not on my not on the cards for me. Um, I love driving games. I I don't think I'm the kind of person who devotes a lot of time to them. 
I used to, I grew up playing racing games and I've always enjoyed them, but this, this game is just, eh, it's just not really something that appeals to me as much anymore. Um, so I think we can, we can scoot on past it unless either of us have anything to say about this game. I do not. Uh, I love it. According to Matt, <laughs> it is truly a fiesta of a racing game and one that should not be missed. So t- take that as you will. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, number 13 Heck on our yeah. list here. Uh, yeah, I can't. Why don't you talk about this game? This, okay, well, first of all, obviously, it's Ratchet and Clank. Not on Nintendo system, but I think it's something that Nintendo fans should definitely indulge in. Because, you know, I'm a lifelong Nintendo fan. I love Nintendo consoles. I don't mind that they're underpowered. I don't mind that they don't adhere to the cutting edge of graphical fidelity all the time. But after playing a dozen mediocre Switch ports at 240p resolution, it's nice to indulge every now and again in probably the most beautiful game ever created, being Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5. It is graphically, visually stunning in every conceivable way, especially with how it makes use of the DualSense controller, kind of like... I think of it like HD Rumble on steroids in terms of how the triggers vibrate depending on the guns you're using, the controller itself, like the you can feel sand reverberating throughout it. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but the really cool thing about Rift Apart is that it's not just about the pretty visuals. It's a really solid game underneath it, too. I've played a few other Ratchet & Clank games. The gameplay loop is as solid as ever, but also throws in a really nice story about... Um, self-realization and motivation and confidence and you know coming to find your own family and it's a really sweet experience that whether you just want for the pretty visuals or a really solid 3d platformer with some running gun elements it's an exceptionally solid game that everybody whether you're a fan of the series or not should give a shot if you can actually play on the playstation 5 <laughs> there you go uh yeah it's very much one of those um apparently a a uh a platform must like if you have a ps5 like you got to play this game is what they Mm -hmm. say again i haven't played it i haven't played a ps5 so i don't know take that with a grain of salt Um, (laughs) it's on the list it's on the list Mm -hmm. Um, same yeah oh boy all right let's keep on moving here um this next one is also on the list number 12 death loop so this game is uh have you guys played dishonored any of those arcane games prey any of those no Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got your powers in one hand, and you've got your gun in the other hand. That's kind of like the uh, the meat of these kinds of games. Kind of like Bioshock, right? You have magic mm-hmm. powers in one hand, you have a, a, a weapon in, in your right hand. It's a first-person shooter. Um, this game... You're in, it's, it's, a, it's a time loop story, right? So you're, you're trapped on this island. Uh, all you, the days keep repeating. You're trying to solve a mystery, and the mystery is how do I kill these seven people um, in one in one in-game day? Um, and of course, you, uh, anything you do gets reset at the end of the time. So any weapons you find, any um, any items that you find, all that all that goes away with every playthrough. So you have to you're, you're kind of chasing this this one perfect playthrough the entire game. The art style is really really cool it's very like 60s mod 70s you know uh uh, (laughs) like if you've seen like an austin powers movie it's kind of like that um like everything's really groovy baby like it's it's really 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 cool uh the music's incredible the voice acting is a standout i think that's one of the reasons why i got under everybody's skin is the performances are really really cool um you might remember this game from, I think it was a PlayStation showcase earlier in the year where they dropped a James Bond-style theme song 
uh, called Deathloop for this game, and it was really awesome. Uh, so maybe listen that. to that and kind of get excited for the vibes. That said, I haven't beaten the game yet. I, I personally have only played the intro, so I'm looking forward to to playing more of it, but I can't speak to how, how well it sticks the landing other than I enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, it's good. I'm looking forward to playing more of it and, and hopefully writing about it for, for Goombastop. Um, I think it's a, currently only a PlayStation exclusive, but I believe that is changing or has already changed. But I remember when it first came out, it was a PlayStation exclusive for a, for a, a moment, which is interesting because uh, Xbox bought Bethesda, which is kind of an interesting thing that happened. Um <laughs> Not Bethesda. Um, they I'm did buy Bethesda. They did buy no, 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 Bethesda, no, no, but I, they I, bought Zenimax Media, I think is the full name, which owns Bethesda. Right, but I'm saying this isn't... Uh, is this a Bethesda game? I, I might have confused It's an myself. arcane no, no, game no, it is, published right? by Bethesda. Bethesda. That's, okay, that's what I'm arcane saying. Arcane yeah, Bethesda, yeah. There, there we go. Thank you so much. Because yeah, so, I knew it wasn't like directly... Um, which is it's just kind of one of those weird like acquisition things where it's like, huh, it's a PlayStation mm-hmm. exclusive, even though Xbox Studios, like Microsoft owns that the, the, the main studio, which is just, just one of those weird things that happens. Uh, the point is, moving on. Uh, number 11 on our list, Psychonauts 2. Um, really interesting development history for this game. Uh, Psychonauts 1 was kind of an indie darling when it came out, a, a 3D platformer that is kind of a cult hit. Have either of you guys played the original? I have it downloaded on my PS4 because I reviewed sure. um, the second one, but I haven't actually um, fully played through the original. But I do plan nice. on it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it shows its age a little bit. It's, uh, it's very much a product of its time. That said, the world and the writing is very vintage uh, Tim Schafer, very... People like the writing and the world of this game quite a it's lot. It's extremely I, creative. Exactly. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about the sequel, Psychonauts 2? Yeah, so it continues. It's actually funny because I thought this was a direct sequel to the original Psychonauts, but it turns mm-hmm. out they made like a uh, like an intermediate chapter for VR, mm-hmm. and it actually takes place directly after that. You don't really need to play it, but you'll be confused on like what you know what's going on and during the opening if you don't so my you know my advice read up on that and then play this game but it is just it's a 3d platformer you know it's a lot of action a lot of puzzle solving it's just really really creative it's honestly (laughs) I, i don't know if i'm allowed to say this it's an acid trip at times this whole game is just nuts it, it's bonkers I, I I, what they I do i think you're allowed to say it mark i think you're allowed to <laughs> no, say we're it. going um, to be kicked off the internet now for alluding to acid no oh boy um yeah from, from what i understand it really does mess with your mind like obviously the it does the, yeah the, the theme of the game is you know you're going into it's psychological trauma yeah. exactly it's, yes it's all about overcoming traumas and mental health conditions and diving into those and what makes them tick and it's just really complex. It's heartfelt. It's very well thought out. It actually, you know, I feel like some games get mental health and like stuff like that and psychology just wrong in general. Sometimes I feel like they use it as a driving force and it doesn't really turn out. This game does its research. It knows what it's talking about and it's very, very thought provoking. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, 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 uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of mixed on whether or not I should try to beat the first one, um, 
before yes. I dive into this one? Sure. You think so? Okay. Yes. All right. There, I really wish I beat the first one before I played this one. Oh, interesting. Even though okay. my, my experience was incredible, but I really, like, I just know it that after I beat the first one and go back to the second one, it's going to be an even better experience because there are so many references to the original. And they're not, like, stuff where it's, like, you have to play the first one to play this one. You really don't, but it just it just enhances the experience. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's uh, especially because it's been so long since the first one came out that to, to have mm-hmm. a a Psychonauts two out, it feels like okay, I should at least like revisit. Um, all right, good to know. Good to know. I'll keep that in mind. Um, excellent. All right, so moving on here, we have our, our going into the top ten of our of our thirty best games of the year. I think Rick will be pleased to see this one. Life is strange. True Colors. I have, I hate to say it, have not played it. Uh, it's on Switch. It's on my list. Uh, I really liked the first Life is Strange game quite a lot. And apparently this this one here, this latest entry, is really, really wonderful. Um, I don't have much more to say about it other than, like, it looks good. It's supposed to be great. And I look forward to playing it one of these days. What about you two? Same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really like the genre. Haven't touched it yet. What yeah. I will say is I've not, obviously, not played this game as in particular not played the switch port but i've seen footage of it the switch port looks a bit rough visually so you know i guess that's kind of to be expected with any switch right. port of a triple a game but just be aware of that going in even though i think this style of game is probably a perfect fit for the switch as a hybrid platform so yeah fair enough um yeah i think uh you know if, if you if you do want to play it on switch i think just keep that in mind like it's probably not going to look not going to run as smoothly as it might on other platforms, but uh, but I mean the stuff that you really care about, the you know the writing and the and the acting and all that stuff, I think will will probably still stand up to scrutiny. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, that is the case. Um, and speaking of games that you probably shouldn't play on Switch, who <laughs> our number nine here, Hitman Three. I think Hitman is a great series. I have not touched this game at all. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about it. What about what about you guys? Was this free on PS Plus? I think was it was actually. The third game? I, know I have no idea Hitman which one was game. free. I, I really want to get into this franchise because you guys know I love stealth and Metal Gear sure. and Splinter Cell. So I want to well, play I, this one eventually. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. least the first or the second one was around on PS Plus for sure. And every now and then they'll be like, oh, you can play this level of Hitman 3 like for free. You can play like the demo of whatever level this is you can play that level mm-hmm. um so I, I would just keep your eye out for that they, they love to promote these games by letting people play a single level at a time um apparently it's just an incredible sandbox of uh, of assassination and stealth so yeah if you're into these kinds of things then like more power to you and apparently the third one is is the tops of this kind of because this is kind of a reboot trilogy i guess you could say um, I played a lot of the PS2 ones back in the day, but but these recent ones, Hitman 1, 2, and 3 for next-gen consoles, or, or for, for current-gen, I, su- I should say, um, kind of make an effort to... I, I would call them a reboot uh, reboot games, and apparently they do a great job at it, and, and I guess the third one is uh, one of the best examples of its, of its type, so more power to them, I guess. Uh, I'm going to move on, because I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. Number eight, uh, Persona 5 Strikers. Mark, take it away. 
so good. It's a sequel to the original Persona 5, not Persona 5 Royal, don't get it confused, even though you can get the vanilla ending in that game, but this is a canon sequel to the original Persona 5. It's a uh, Warriors type game rather than an RPG, but it does have the Persona elements, so you still need to think about just the typical battle strategies that are in the Persona series, like using the correct types against other Personas, and just knowing when to use certain moves, and having SP and HP and all that good stuff, and this is like... I'm not even kidding, it's the best Warriors game that I've played. I think it has the best story out of any of them, the best gameplay, just the writing is perfectly in line with the original Persona 5. The new characters, Zenkichi and Sophia, just perfectly fit in with the rest of the Phantom Thieves. It's all around just a fantastic experience. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's on my list, as we've <laughs> talked about many times. I'll I, tell you a rumor, it might I was going to say, I was about to allude to this, please month. go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, as Mark just said, uh, there is rumors going around on the internet that it might be a PS Plus game, which, hey, that's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yep, uh, yep. I've been waiting to pull the trigger on that, so it's uh, that would be ideal. I have um, also been waiting to pull the trigger on it because, as I've mentioned time and time again, I love Warrior-style games, but I've not actually played Persona 5. And I still have my sealed copy of Persona 5 Royal <laughs> sitting on my nope. desk right next to I, me. So, I hear the shrink wrap. Exactly, I hear the shrink wrap. Exactly. Yes. So one day, whenever I get to that, I'll definitely want to give uh, Strikers a try because, as Mark just said, it sounds truly excellent. Yeah, and uh, Campbell, I think it's worth mentioning again, uh, worth bringing up our blood pack that we made um, on a recent episode <laughs> where we interviewed Celia Schilling. Um, if you start playing that game, I will start playing it with you. Um, and maybe we can have some kind of... Uh, maybe we can create some content out of that. Who knows? Mm. Right, right for the website or something. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, Mark, probably, probably worth mentioning, uh, I think this game, Persona 5 Strikers, is supposed to not run amazingly on Switch, from what I understand. No, it runs really well, surprisingly. Oh, it does just, it? Okay, the, great. The PS4 one runs at 60 frames, but the uh, the Switch one's locked at 30. Got it. Well, that's smart. I mean, it's better to, to lock it at 30 than to be, mm-hmm. you know, pushing and straining, mm-hmm. trying to, to output yeah. uh, at 60. And you guys know with these types of games, there's... A, so yeah, much happening. Bo- mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much yeah. action that it's, like, exactly. ridiculous. There's right. so many enemies. It, it's a game that you probably want to play at a higher frame rate rather than a higher resolution. So right. I, I would say play it on PS4, but if you have it on Switch, it's perfectly fine. It's the same Love game. It. Awesome. Yeah, well, can't wait to talk more about that maybe uh, maybe when we all get it on PS Plus. Who knows? Um, moving on to number seven, I loved this game, uh, Returnal, the big PlayStation exclusive that came out uh, in May or June, or maybe it was April or May, one of those, earlier this spring. Loved this game. A a third person shooter. Uh, yet another time loop game. <laughs> um, you play a, a character, uh, Celine, marooned on a alien planet, and uh, you, you keep coming across your your deceased body as you're trying to solve the mystery of how you got trapped on this planet and how you're gonna get the hell off of it. Um, Really intense bullet hell style gameplay. If you've played any of the studio's other games, uh, what do they what do they develop? Um, Resogun. Thank you. Resogun is the big one. If you played Resogun, it is fascinating to play. Have played Resogun and then play this game and be like, oh damn, they made Resogun in third person. It's extremely cool. Be- looks insane on the PlayStation Five. And uh, I, I love the hell out of this game. I wrote like five articles about it for the, for the website. You can check out some of my coverage over there. Um, 
and I think they just recently uh, added a patch. One of the big controversies when this game came out is that it is uh, technically a roguelike. Uh, so if you die, you get sent all the way back to the beginning of the game. And uh, runs in this game are really long. Like a run can be like a couple hours if you're if you're playing through it. Um, you know, if you're trying to scour every environment. And one of the controversies when this game came out was that you can't really pause it. Putting putting the PS5 in rest mode uh, still to this day, sometimes it'll randomly shut off your game. So as a result, people were like losing progress and. Uh, it was really, really tough to to get into this game as a result. And I believe that Housemark just had an update or a patch or something for this game that you could save your progress midway through a run um, in Returnal. So if, if you've been on the fence about like, ah, like I like roguelikes, but I don't like, you know, I don't want to lose that much progress or, you know, I, you know, I got a kid, I got to step away, I have to go to work, whatever, uh, perhaps this latest patch might might solve some of those issues. So if you've been interested in this game, I, I do highly recommend it. It's really fun, really intense, and a great showcase of what the PS5 can do, um, especially, uh, you know, with the controllers. There's some really cool stuff with the controllers. Um, you guys haven't played this one, right? Nope. No. I sadly uh, haven't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's your speed, just based on the the what I know about you guys. It's uh, it's really really intense. Yeah, um, no, it looks yeah. like a little much for me. Like it's, Ratchet uh, and yeah, Clank is my pace when it comes to running and gunning. Sure, so. yeah, it, it's it's tough, man. It's like it's it's one of those ones where you do have to kind of drill down and like, okay, I have to like understand my guns and and the power ups I'm finding and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But it's very satisfying. It's the um, one game this year I have almost bought like probably over ten times, but I can oh, really? never just mm-hmm. pull the trigger. Like, it's gone I out of the cart. It. It's gone out of the it, cart. Yeah, yeah. It's what. It's literally what Campbell just said. Ratchet and Clank is more in my speed. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to get one of these games, because I was waiting for them to honestly drop in price because we review so much during the well, year. It, it, there is no saying, time to play It's worth saying this you game know? is $70. It is, a, yeah. it is a PS5 game. I've never seen it go below 50 to be honest. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's really, really good. But it's, uh, you know, I don't like to talk about price on this podcast, but it is, you know, it's worth mentioning. It's expensive. Um, so I don't know. If if I would say for you, for you, Mark, if it does drop in price, I would say go for it. But uh, but I would you know I would hold off until yeah. it until it right now. It I'm keen it. on a ratchet. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's more than fair. <laughs> um, yeah, this next one, I am so glad this made it to the to the top six here. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. Speaking we've of amazing talked, platformers, speaking truly. of incredible platformers, um, I think we've all talked about how this game was out on the Wii U. Super Mario 3D World, at least, was out on the Wii U, and it was kind of like a kind of a mixed experience for some of us. Uh, I personally me. never played it, uh, particularly <laughs> Campbell. It. Yes, mm-hmm. but the Switch version uh, addresses a lot of those issues, and on top of that, adds an entirely new game into the Mario canon. Bowser's Fury, a, a an open-world take, kind of like Mario Odyssey mixed with Super Mario 3D World, an incredible little slice of, I think, the future of 3D Mario games. Uh, have you guys touched this anymore since it came out last year, last winter? Yeah, we I've all been tripping it. away a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just say that this game, honestly, out of every game I played and reviewed this year, 
Bowser's Fury just has to be my most cherished gaming experience probably because it came at such a unique time this year because for full disclosure I live in Texas when the game came out we had the winter freeze and I was oh, stuck sure. inside our water was shut off electricity was intermittent we didn't know what was going on so huddling down with this game was like the perfect comfort that you need in such a bizarre time you know and it's it is such a truly wholesome all-encompassing just comforting game that way and even though i didn't really like 3d world back in the day i thought it wasn't ne nearly as ambitious or wide-ranging as something like mario galaxy was Coming back to it today, especially with some of the enhancements that were added with the Switch version, like the increased speed in the characters, um, it just shows how well and tightly designed every level is. And there's such a pleasure in working through these compact, pristine levels, honestly. So both in the open-ended open Bowser's Fury or in the really... Um, really kind of bite-sized levels of the main 3D world, it's a really excellent platforming package. And you don't have to play it while buried under several inches of snow to enjoy it, no matter when or where you play it. It's such a lovely, lovely little game that I keep forgetting came out this year, honestly. So it's great to yeah. see it here. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. Um, I think it's worth worth remembering. It's definitely one of those ones that uh, I've dipped back into it just over the course of the last couple of months, and it's just. It really is a fantastic game. Um, there's something very satisfying about a first party Nintendo game, and mm -hmm. uh, we we don't get that a lot. It, and it truly is a special thing every time it comes out, and it's worth appreciating just the the level of care and meticulousness. That is that is put into hiding the secrets and uh, mm -hmm. you know how every character can approach a level differently and all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's oh, just yeah. a it's a fantastic game and yeah. and Bowser's Fury really is an exceptional an exceptional experience and uh, absolutely very much worth worth everybody's time. And we also need to highlight the incredible soundtrack, both for a 3D oh. World and in Bowser's Fury. Like yes, the heavy metal jazz. theme. Yeah, the jazz is incredible in 3D World, and then the heavy metal boss theme that plays whenever Bowser shows up in 3D The in heavy Bowser's metal Fury. boss theme. It's so shows, good. And, I mean, how we not even mentioned, that you get to fight a, a massive Godzilla-sized Bowser as, as cat. cat Mario. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. come on. Like, nothing else... Can, can match that experience, I, I think. Um, yeah, incredible. So let's let's uh, bounce on to our, to our top five, top five games of the year. Oh, wow, Inscription. Inscription, I could talk about Inscription for conservatively six to seven hours. Um, incredible <laughs> conservatively. game. Conservatively. Conservatively. Uh, unbelievably good game that I cannot talk about too much because it would spoil things. All I have to say about it is, if you grew up playing Magic the Gathering, or Yu-Gi-Oh!, or any kind of collectible card game, you will love this game. This game uh, not only invents its own type of, uh, of card mechanics that are like familiar yet unique, that make it really, really fun to play, uh, there is sort of a sort of a meta aspect to the game. Um, if you if you watch the if you watch the trailer that dropped during I want to say it was the developer showcase once again from this past summer, um, it was like a minute long trailer that kind of uh, gives you just a glimpse of what what you might expect from this game. There's a meta aspect where not only are you playing the card game from a first person perspective, uh, your point of view character, your player character can get up from the card table and explore their environment around them. So this game becomes not only a, a really satisfying and intricate uh, card game, 
There's also sort of this weird escape room aspect where you're exploring this tiny little space and interacting with objects and solving mysteries and clues that then flip back around and help you in the card game of the game as well. So you're, there's kind of this back and forth where you're playing the card game, you're stepping out from the table, you're assessing your situation, you're going back to the card game to, to discover new mechanics. It's incredibly addictive, incredibly satisfying. Art direction through the roof. And there, and uh, again, I can't talk about the story without spoiling anything, but the story is incredible and it just gets better and better the more it goes on. Um, it's a Devolver game. It would not shock me if this game came to Switch at some point in the near future. That said, I think it's worth playing on a laptop computer for reasons that are explained within the game's narrative. So if this game at all interests you, highly recommend it. You could, Like, my laptop is a potato, and it, and it can run this game. Um, so if you have... I think it might be Windows exclusive. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I played it on Steam. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, if it does come to other platforms, like, yes, definitely pick it up. But I think there is something to be gained from playing it on a, a computer. There's something special about that. Um, yeah, I, play this game. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Um, well, let's bounce on over to the next one, unless you guys have any comments on Inscription. I really hope it comes to Switch someday. <laughs> Fair enough, yes. It's not... Uh, off of the PC, then uh, you won't be hearing me talk about it. <laughs> so I have a better, uh, yeah. a better PC or something to play it on. You know, that's fair. Honestly, fair enough. Yeah, it looks uh, really good though. It's extremely good. Uh, yeah, if even even like if you played like Slay the Spire or something like that, it's like it's it, it's taking a lot of inspiration from from other uh, card games and, and just doing its own thing with it. It's it's really incredible. Uh, so moving into our top four. Um, it Takes Two, which was the winner of the Jeff Keighley Game Awards uh, earlier this month. A, a co-op, third-person, kind of action-adventure platformer. Uh, co-op only, it's worth noting. Utterly, utterly incredible game. I, I, I can't recommend it enough. If you have a partner or a significant other or, uh, or even just a buddy online that you want to play this with, you should. Um, it's short, the hands it's sweet. of Masahiro Sakurai. Or the <laughs> you saw that too? Yeah. Oh my god! With the two controllers uh, above each other, do it that that's, way. That, that's not how you're supposed to play the game. Um, incredible! Uh, it's really, really good. If you if you have the time and the energy to play this game with another person, it's worth doing so. I think the narrative kind of is is just okay. It, the narrative didn't didn't amaze me. I appreciated it. I enjoyed it, but it's uh I thought it was going to be a little more subversive than it ended up being. It plays it kind of safe towards the end. Not to say it's a bad story, but I was kind of hoping for for a little more teeth uh by the end of the game. That said, the gameplay is top-notch. I cannot remember the last time I played a game that throws this many new mechanics at you one after the other and it's it's Every one of them feels really thought out. Like one minute you're you're uh, you're ice skating through like a snow level, and in that same level, suddenly you're you're swimming underwater and you're solving puzzles with this like swimming through this 3D space, and then you'll surface again, and all of a sudden you're you're doing the ice jumping and and almost like a. <laughs> like there's like an uncharted style escape sequence where you're going down this avalanche, you know. It's crazy. Um, at any given moment, you're doing something really interesting and fascinating. 
it's not very complex too, which the the, the goal of the creator of this game, uh, Joseph Ferris and Hazelight Studios, they really wanted to make an accessible game. And I think they absolutely nailed it. Um, even if you are playing it with somebody who is not an expert in video games, they will get a lot of satisfaction out of this game. Um, I talked about how I played through this game with my wife kind of over the kind of over the over the course of the last year, to be honest. We'll, we'll play like a chapter here and there. And uh, she is not an expert in video games by any means, but she's been really enjoying playing this game. Um, some of the stuff's a little complicated, like there's like there's some some actiony stuff that's a little tricky, but she's able to nail it. And when we are able to to get through these co-op sequences together, there's something really satisfying about that, and it feels really good to to play it. Um, and uh, you know, of course, mentioning the art direction and uh, the style of it is really cool too. Um, it's it's kind of this handcrafted, um, almost like a like a Yoshi game style game. You, 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 the player characters are little dolls, um, and every new environment is like a child's playroom or like an overgrown backyard or something like that. Like it really feels like a, a very unique and engaging art style, which which is really really cool. I I wonder if in some future this game will come to Switch because it does feel like it was designed for for something like the switch currently it is a an xbox and playstation only style game but i could see it doing very well on switch it provided the switch could could handle it graphically um and i think one last thing worth calling out is if you buy this game you can basically gift a copy of it to a friend for free which is incredible like you can you can it's dude it's bonkers um is that really how it works uh, yeah, it's called like the like the buddy pass or something like that. Um, I'm looking it up right now. It takes to friend pass. That's what it's called, the friends pass. Um, even if they don't owe the full game, you can play it uh, with with your friend. Um, it's wild. It's like it's a really interesting and unique way to to play it. Um, even if they don't own it, it's like you're, you're sharing it with them. It's like it's like an online only thing, but it's it's such it's such a freaking cool concept. And again, just, it's all about like, hey, we want to make this game accessible to as many people as possible. So I, I don't know. It's it's really cool. There's a lot of value there, I think. Um, so I don't know. I, I imagine you guys will get to it, um, you know, over over the break as you're holed up with your partners and your family and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, highly recommend. It takes two. Uh, very deserving in my mind of the top four spot. Um, this next one, another Xbox exclusive. Uh, slash Windows exclusive, uh, Halo Infinite. I am not a Halo guy, so uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say here. Apparently, I, this I actually is... do have something to say. Please go ahead. I got to play um, an earlier version of the multiplayer. Uh, this was like oh. a month before the multiplayer came out. Um, Xbox gave me the opportunity to play. It was through like an email thing. Just like a few select groups got it. They were like slowly doing it over time. You probably saw a lot of people on Twitter playing it. But it was really good, the multiplayer. Like I was really into it. So I definitely want to play the campaign and see how that open world works. But the entire, you know, the gameplay of it, it was modern Halo. It was really, really well done. And it was the best Halo experience I had since probably like Halo Reach. Sure. I mean, again, I'm not a Halo guy, so I, I can't really speak to this. Um, but it, it, from what I understand, this is like, like if you a like Halo, deal. this is like a, a big, a big deal. It's apparently it's like a very, a big return to form. 
Um, so like props to 343 for, for nailing it and uh, very curious to see what the the future of Master Chief looks like. Um, this is one of those ones where it's like such a massive, massive series that completely missed me. So like, I've you know what I mean? Like, you know, I've played my share of, I had my, you know, I had my Halo land parties in, you know, sixth grade or whatever it was, seventh grade. Yep. But uh, never, never touched anything past like Halo 2, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I don't know. One of these days, if I get an Xbox uh, series, I, I'm looking forward to playing it. But in the meantime, I will have to trust the opinion of the staff that this game is or the PC. top three. Or PC. Who knows? That's right. So yeah, props props to Halo. Um, congratulations on on coming out in December and making an incredible game uh, that everybody seems to really really enjoy. So so good good on them. Uh, this next one, uh, Resident Evil Village, our number two of the game of the year, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil Eight, as some have said. Um, I haven't played this one. I is uh, mm-hmm. I love Resident Evil Four. And apparently this game borrows a lot from Resident Evil 4, so I imagine that I will like it if I finally get around to it. That said, too scary. Way too scary. And uh, mm-hmm. that's all i got to say about that. What about you guys? Are, 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 do you think you're going to get around to this? No. It's too scary. Colter Pup's the standard. <laughs> it is indeed, yep. Too spooky uh, for me. Man. I, I love the... Uh, the the maiden demo that came out shortly before this game's release they mm-hmm. they did a short couple of demos um earlier in the winter of this year i loved maiden but uh, yeah i haven't played the full game so i don't know i imagine i'll get to it one of these days mm-hmm. this is it's, it's a capcom game so these go on sale all the time mm-hmm. like yeah. it's not it's not uncommon to see is again this is a brand new game it came out this year you could probably get this game for under thirty dollars, like no problem. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're holding out for, I, I sale, saw it on sale for twenty five, literally. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like and again, <laughs> this came out so recently, so it's like kind of, I wouldn't call it su- surprising, but it's uh, it's pretty wild that this this brand new game that it's very critically well received is on sale for so cheap. So I don't know if you're holding out for a sale, I say go for it. Apparently, it's great. Um, you can check out a lot of our coverage on the website. Um, about this game. Uh, Harry Morris wrote the blurb for our number two game of the year. So if you want to get a kind of a sense of what this game is, you can check out his little blurb there. And now what I really wonder is whether this is going to come to Switch in any form. Because Resident <laughs> Evil 7 came to Switch as a cloud game. I could see Capcom in their nefarious penchant for horror and terror with all this kind of stuff creating a horrifying cloud version of RE8. So I wonder if that's ever going to happen. Uh, hey, who knows? We can hold out hope. It would be who the knows? scariest thing they've ever done, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, we're at the end here. We've done 29 games. There's only one more to go. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that, again, it's the whole staff who votes for this stuff. So this this number one game is, <laughs> I, although it is the Nintendo podcast, I promise this is not a biased choice. Apparently, it was down to the wire as to what our number one game would be. And, it uh, became number one because of you. That It did I'll become number yeah. one game of the year Cameron, because of my king. last minute. You're the kingmaker. That's right. Cameron the kingmaker, baby. My last minute vote pushed Metroid Dread to the number one game of Goomba Stomp's game of the year. So congrats to Nintendo. Congrats <laughs> to Metroid. This game came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I love that Nintendo has been doing this. They will announce a game, and then they will drop it just a couple of months later, which is such is so anti to the usual hype cycle for big AAA games. I think it's incredible that they were sitting on this game for a long time. Uh, Mercury Steam, uh, the, the developers of Metroid Samus Returns. Oh boy, Samus Returns? Is that what it's called? That the, is what it's called. Great. So the, the same developers of that game have been working on this game for a while, and Nintendo just completely dominated E3 by being like, oh, by the way, uh, 2D Metroid, it's back. And then just a few short months later, in October, we were all playing Metroid Dread. Uh, it's a good-ass video game. Um, if you like classic 2D Metroid, that, that the uh, exploration that leads to m- slow mastery over an environment over the course of several playthroughs, this is the game for you. Of course, there's the classic speedrunning component, and of course, there is the uh, percentage that you must, you know, if you if you want to get the true endings of the game, you gotta speedrun it. You gotta find everything. So there's that, that collectathon aspect of it. That said, there's still plenty to love, even if you are not interested in those aspects of the game. It it is drawing very much on Metroid uh, of the past. There's a lot of Super Metroid in this game. It's very difficult. It's very obtuse at times, but that is a satisfying, satisfying experience once you are able to kind of fully, uh, what am I trying to say, fully understand the environments and what the game is asking you to do. Once you, once you, once you get... Uh, get that map in your brain you are good to go and once you once you understand that like yeah this game wants you to fire missiles at every corner of the screen you are good to go uh for people who don't have that patience i think it's probably going to be a little bit of a tough sell but it's still really good and if you can master the mechanics it's one of the most satisfying games that you will you will play uh what about you i know none of us have beaten this game i think it's fair to say it is indeed Um, yes Yes. Yeah, I haven't beaten this game. <laughs> None of us have beaten this game. It's really hard. Um, yep, yep. I think, you know, I would like to one of these days. I would like to take the time to really master what's going on. But mm-hmm. I think at this yeah. point, I'm going to have to start the game over from scratch because uh, firing it up, firing it's been too long. Firing it up after having not played it for a couple of months, I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to be lost. I don't know what's going on. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's really good. It's And I think the fact that a Metroid game is on this list at all is very notable. It absolutely is. You know, we were talking earlier at the very start of this discussion about how Famicom Detective Club earned its spot on this list, not so much because the game is great, but because of what it represents for Nintendo history. And I think Metroid Dread is pretty similar in that regard. It's definitely an incredible game in its own right, but what it represents for Nintendo and for the gaming industry as a whole is incredible because the Metroidvania is a hugely influential genre, especially in the past decade or so. We've had so many developers from all shapes and sizes create their own takes on the formula that was established by Super Metroid, by the original Metroid, by Fusion, and by Castlevania games as well. And with so many other developers outside of Nintendo, while Nintendo was kind of just sitting on Metroidvanias, not really making a new Metroid game at all, especially not in the traditional 2D sense, 
Um, it's so incredible to see Nintendo not only return to creating a 2D Metroid and putting its full force behind it, because this isn't like a side game. This is a full-fledged first-party Nintendo title, both in the quality of the game, the visuals, everything about it. Seeing it given the love and care that it deserves, not to just continue that legacy that was established by the previous Metroid games, but push it forward, because this game, with its emphasis on you know different dy uh, dynamics of exploration, the focus on on melee combat and new moves and new abilities, it pushes the Metroidvania genre further and it shows what the horizon could hold for Metroid. So for what it holds for gaming history now and for the future, there's really nothing like it. I think that's really what earns it its spot at number one here. Very well articulated, Campbell. I think that's uh, I think that's true. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what Nintendo does with Metroid next. Uh, but even if they don't, you know, even if the long-rumored Metroid Prime 4 does not come out anytime soon, I think this is a very fitting send-off to 2D Metroid. I, mm -hmm. I, I imagine they're going to make more of them. Apparently, this game did very, very well, uh, especially because Metroid games have a history of, of not being blockbusters. But apparently, you know, the fact that it's on Switch, the fact that it's been such a long, a long time since the last one, apparently this game did very, very well. So we'll see... Um, if Nintendo continues down the 2D Metroid path. But in the meantime, this is a fitting set-off for Samus in the Metroid uh, saga. Uh, I don't know. Anything else we got to say about our Game of the Year list? It's, it's a any, solid list, any I would say. Any honorable mentions? <laughs> any honorable mentions? Um, uh, I liked Overboard, which is on Switch, and I liked... Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see. Let me just pull up what I sent to to Rick here. Labyrinth City was really good. I'll call out that one. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yes. Um, Boomerang On X metal. was another fun one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think we all had indies or or even bigger titles that we that we enjoyed that were on the Switch that, that oh, yeah. didn't make it to the mainstream. I mean, there was a Skyward Sword HD on my list initially because even though it is just a port per se, what it does to the base game, even without adding a bunch of new content, is really exceptional. Oh yeah, I, I would call that a, a game of the year. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's definitely some good stuff. So yeah, it's like. When you, when you think about it, like from a, a Nintendo perspective, you really did get the big three here. We got a Mario game, we got a Zelda game, we got a Metroid game. That's incredible. Like, what a year for uh, for for Nintendo fans in general. I know that 2021 has been very up and down for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we're still fighting this goddamn pandemic, and it doesn't seem to be getting much better. Um, you know, thoughts and, uh, you know, thoughts and feelings go out to those people who are affected by the, the latest Omicron variant. I know that uh, some places in Canada are shutting down. I Mark, I don't know if this is true where you are. I've heard parts of New York are starting to shut down again. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually I supposed to uh, take my girlfriend to see Phantom of the Opera, and that got shut down. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's yeah. a damn shame. I, the first musical I ever saw um, when I was six years old. Wow. Um, so yeah, obviously it's been a hell of a year and, uh, hopefully bigger and better things going on in 2022. Um, a good year for video games overall, despite the, despite the, the delays, despite the, the pushback, despite the horrible, horrible stuff happening in Activision Blizzard and, and other studios, <laughs> a lot of great titles to celebrate and a lot of great reasons to, uh, to enjoy this, this hobby <laughs> and this passion that we all enjoy. Um, 
we should probably wrap the podcast there unless there's anything else you want to shout out gentlemen do we I'm give take our that dishonorable a... mention <laughs> <laughs> oh boy we, you know what let's do dishonorable PTSD mentions fl- flashbacks to biomutant <laughs> oh my god we should you know what that might be a fun segment we should do a dishonorable mentions another time but i, I let's leave it on a high note uh metroid yeah, dread i think metroid dread game of the year <laughs> Uh, lots of great coverage from all of us uh, about various uh, games on this list. You can find some of my writing over on Goomba Stomp. I've written about Inscription. I've written about It Takes Two. I've written uh, a little bit about Bowser's Fury. And I've written a little bit about, um, oh boy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Um, lots of stuff over over on, on uh, GoombaStomp.com from me. Of course, I'm over on Twitter at ActionDaxon. And Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Markel. That, of course, is Mark of the C, Cal with a K. On GoombaStomp.com this week, you can find my finale for Hawkeye. Fitting week to throw that in. But um, for games that we just talked about, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy, Chikori a Carvel Tale, um, Bowser's Inside Fury. Bowser's... <laughs> Oof. Bowser's Inside Fury. <laughs> Bowser's Fury. That's my favorite RPG. I was thinking He's of Bowser's ideas. Inside Story. Yes. Bowser, Bowser's Fury, <laughs> Super Mario 3D World. Get that one right. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, I have it all up on the website. Yeah, love it. Um, incredible. And Campbell, what about yourself? You can find me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG. And on the site, you can find that I've written reviews and articles about Cyber Shadow, about Aaliyah, about uh, Famicom Detective Club, and a whole bunch of other games as well, of course. Uh, the main thing I want to plug, though, is that we did just publish our general game of the year list on the site, but we'll also have an indie game of the year list coming out in the very near future. Uh, awesome. We've got a lot of amazing contributions coming in. I'm so excited about how this article is shaping up so hopefully it will be out in the next day or two after this show goes live and, so and, keep an eye out for that worth noting a lot of crossover i think from oh from, yeah uh, our, our top 30 games of the year and of course the indie games of the year as well because again due to covid and other uh studio shenanigans a lot of big triple a games got pushed so indie games had to had to step up and fill the gap and i think it's exactly. been an incredible year for indies to it be honest absolutely has i'm so excited yeah. for everybody to look at this article because we do have a lot of big names we've got cyber shadow on there spoiler you know but we also have <laughs> a lot of games that honestly i never even heard of before our writers nominated them uh so it's really great to be spotlighting a lot of these games that may not have gotten as much buzz as some of the bigger titles out there so please do keep an eye out for that one incredible and, our, and of course Express is also on youtube we are at Express nintendo we can of course download us uh, review us, rate us, star us, all that stuff on the podcast platform of our choice. Uh, Spotify recently has some kind of a review system, so get on that. If you could review us, that would be great. More engagement helps more people find the podcast, which helps us, you know, continue to do the show. So keep on, uh, keep on supporting us in that regard. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 